You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 650, Legionnaires 4, If Looks Could Kill. Welcome to episode 650 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am holding back the flood, lad. Oh, oh my. Well, it wasn't <laughs> quite a flood, but like, uh, I don't know if I, I think I mentioned it on, on the show uh, a couple of months back that our, our water heater uh, basically uh, gave out. And um, it's not uncommon because the, the water in our area is particularly hard. And uh, and so is hard on appliances which use water, and mm. um, <clears throat> you know it's a rental water heater, so you know they replace it when it uh, uh, you know and and literally like we've lived in the house uh, almost exactly ten years now, and um, we're on our third uh, water heater, and um, so uh, today I went downstairs and. Uh, there was water on the floor. It's one of my pet peeves, water where it's not supposed to be. So I uh, went, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so someone is, there's a, a drainage pipe from our, our water softener. And I figured it was, it was just someone had kicked that loose. And uh, then I went over and I could still hear dripping. And there it was coming out of the, um, um, the, the relief hose of the, uh, of the, of the water heater. So um, oh no! And and it was like a pretty steady stream, and so put in the call. They're coming out tomorrow morning, so it's like, hey, can we all go without hot water for a few hours? You know, here, like, you know, if we really need it, we'll we'll switch it on. But uh, you know, if I can not have it leaking, that would be awesome. So. Uh, <laughs> You can boil some water if someone needs hot water. Well, this is my thing, right? Is that is we got a we gotta, I mean kettle that burns it all very quick, uh, you know, boils it all very quickly. So if we need to warm up a bath, it's all good. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have totally. it fixed tomorrow, so it'll be all fine. And uh, but uh, but just you know, annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a noise you want to hear. Is the dripping from the hot water closet? I just, you don't want to hear that. Just you know. Water where it's not supposed to be is is such a pet peeve of mine, and especially <laughs> especially d down in that room, it's just you know because as it floods over, then it, then it's going to hit the comic vault, and that's no good. Oh, no, no good. No, mm -mm. no, you've got something underneath it now to stop it from getting in there. Well, it's uh, they're all on they're on raised shelves, so uh, okay. So there's something. a, a the, the 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 water that we would take on for it to reach the comics. Um, we would have bigger problems long before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got I to gotta make a quick rant. I hate water softener. Makes my hair feel awful. Yeah. <laughs> my parent, my my parents had water softener, uh, had hard water, and needed to use the water softener. Uh -huh. And every time I showered there, it was like, I don't know, it felt like I was washing in like oil or something. Uh. Yeah, oh, man, that, that, that sounds like they had it cranked up a little too high. Possibly, yeah. you know, our our reason for it is uh, is that that it's much easier on the dishwasher, and um, you know, and uh, 
So it, it's the appliances that, that it just kicks the ass of uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, and all that stuff. So it is, the, the water is, is brutal. Like I, the number of coffee makers I, I've gone through over the last 15 years, well, uh, until I just stopped using coffee makers, you know, it got to the point where it's like, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe this just isn't a thing I should be uh, spending my money on. <laughs> and I got myself a French press and it's all good. I mean, even the name's appropriate, so. Can't you, yeah, I, I don't know how hard water versus soft water or water softeners work, but can't you, like, have it get filtered before it gets into the coffee maker? It, the softened water isn't good for you to use because um, it, um, if you're going to be drinking it because it's much higher in sodium. Um, but uh, it's probably not all that bad. But um, like, you're, you're you don't want to be saltier than you already are, really. right? I mean. Like that's uh, that's completely <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, but no, like we have one tap that we use for for drinking water, and uh, and that is uh, that bypasses the softened system. So we tend to use that for things like uh, like coffee, and it would um, you know I, as much as I would try to keep up with the um, you know the boiling it out with vinegar the odd time. It um, it just beat the crap out of uh, you know there were, there were a number of times where the co- where Jan would be like the coffee maker just went crazy <laughs> and, and you'd mm. see like the clock would be going all over the place <laughs> it was it was kind of strange so we moved away from that and uh, um, it, it's probably stopped me from uh, you know. You know, it, it cut my coffee intake in half, which probably wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so that's the adventures over here. How about you, Darren? Uh, hi, everybody. I am Darren Noel, and tonight I am pendulum swings the other way, kid. <laughs> well, we've we've known that for years. No, no. You, no, no. you, like, you is... like girls now? No. Good you God. like girls now? Are, are... This is not the Bizarro universe, <laughs> in which all of you are pole smackers and I'm the straight one. No, because that's how that would work in DC Comics, you, you know, go. intelligence. Yes. <laughs> I would still be the token, but for a different reason. Um, no, uh, it, it's political um, because uh, Georgia went blue and now the Republicans are mad about it. So now it's illegal to give food and water to people waiting in line to uh, vote now in Georgia, among other things. <laughs> they, uh, they've made that a felony. <laughs> they, it's a felony. Yes, it's a felony. That is some fucked up shit, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> no idea. The, I think the lawsuit was filed like the hour that he signed it. <laughs> the lawsuit's being filed. It's the, here's the lawsuit. Have a nice day. Uh, it's just insane. So that's been, I've been trying to keep my blood pressure down by not following all the news about it. Thank mm. you very much. Yeah. Because that's important. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, Darren, I, I am, I am happy that, you know, I live in Alabama, which is usually the most backward state, but y'all uh, put us to shame lately. Uh, <laughs> dude, no. But we, we have a joke. That all, why do all the trees in Georgia lean to the west? Because Alabama sucks. And I can't say that now because the trees are now completely perpendicular. Yeah, there is. It's all here. Uh, 
There is trouble in Hazard County, my friends. Oh. <laughs> and you boys are going to have to jump over to that lake to get to the voting place. I mean, it, it's just insane. It's absolutely... I mean, there's other things in this bill, too, that are just really insidious. Um, stopping early voting, um, or at least vastly reducing early voting. Mm-hmm. And... Um, of course, reducing the number of uh, drop boxes, and all the drop boxes are going to be inside voting polling places. So, if it's not convenient for you to go vote, you still have to go there to drop off your ballot. It's very weird, and it's just like and Texas. Uh, yeah, and Texas is like hold my beer. Oh yeah, it's there's like 38 and- legislatures that are looking at these kind of laws but this went through like the house passed it in the morning the senate passed it in the afternoon and the governor signed it that night i have never seen something move through the georgia's legislature as if you had eaten 10 day out of date sushi at a convenience store (laughs) i've never seen the wheels of um i guess you would call it politicking or i'm just a bill go that quickly and it went just that quickly. And it's like, wow, did you blink? You missed it. So, so all those all those things that um, uh, Harris County, where Houston is, tried to do, or all the, that they did last year to encourage uh, voting, um, those are coincidentally the exact things that are up for uh, for banning now in the Texas legislature, <laughs> including including drive-through voting. Um, uh, outside outdoor voting in tents mm. where you know like you can get out of your car and go vote and then get back in your car um uh, I mean, all kind all kinds of absentee balloting like you have to be on your deathbed with yeah. a note from your doctor before you can get an absentee ballot yeah no excuse absentee balloting is gone in georgia now officially um i a lot of what every state did they had to do because of covid yeah, I mean, a, a lot of this absentee balloting stuff was that was not a popular thing, but COVID made it a thing that was necessary, not a popular thing. Um, but yeah, here we are. Here, here we are in the world of the last grasp of some very old, very scared white people holding on to power, who have a certain viewpoint. Which... Honestly, your bigger concern isn't really the food thing, or oh, I the... know. I know. It's all that how the how the GOP has basically rigged the uh, the election boards. Oh yeah. Basically, they they're in charge and they can decide to throw out your entire counties if uh, they choose to. If yeah. they choose to, that's that, honestly that the most fair, dangerous right? part. That sounds very fair. I bring up the food and water thing just because it's stupid. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, that, that's just dumb. I mean, but they they say their reason is because well, you could have had a a candidate's label on there. You could talk to the people you're handing out water to about hey, who are you going to vote for? Um, that's illegal. That's already it's illegal. Already illegal. Yeah, you exactly. can't talk about a candidate. The closest you can do is wear red or blue, because mm. those are two common colors of clothing. And until we, you know, make all the candidates go puce and chartreuse, I don't think we're in danger of being influenced by people's clothing. You know, but when you're talking about just handing out food and water to people who in Georgia have been documented of having to wait up to eight plus hours in the outdoors with no access to bathrooms at all to go vote because there aren't enough polling places in metro Atlanta, 
and mostly that's the African American areas. Yeah, just a coincidence. It's all about voting disenfranchisement. That's a shock. Oh my God, really? It's a complete coincidence, Darren. Total coincidence. Total coincidence. (laughs) I don't know why anyone is calling it Jim Crow 2.0. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at this Jim Crow thing and see what they were doing back then because I I don't think they mean what they think they mean. And if you can't tell, that's sarcasm. (laughs) It is. Um, yeah, it's, this is, this is the fight that we're in now. It's, I always say the first months of the year, it's the dangerous part of the year for being an American, because this is when you're local and state legislatures meet to pass laws. And this is the crap you're going to have to deal with. Like, yeah, feds pass laws rarely because Mitch McConnell's been in power for eight years, right? Oh, so yeah. we're having to pay more attention now to that than ever before because they're doing things. Wow. Um, but now this is like is it legal to go vote <laughs> it, it's really that crazy because i mean if the republicans say hey we don't like the the democratic strongholds of Fulton and DeKalb and clayton we don't like how they voted then uh, we're going to throw those out and say your election results are this that's that's usurping democracy is what that is so that's been my week. Yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Travis, in the wonderful progressive state of Alabama. <laughs> You'll never hear that again. No. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Travis Ellisor, and uh, I was many things this week, but I've decided to narrow it down, and I am into the Ostrandiverse lad. <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah, I finally finished. Well, I finished my Kirby and Lee Fantastic Four read, and then read the Lee and Bushima and a little bit of Kirby Silver Surfer run, and then I read a few little things here and there. And now I officially got all my Ostrander DC books together, mm-hmm. and I I plan on reading them all in chronological order. Started with Legends number one today. I read number one and number two. The printing on that book was not great. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And uh, I'm that man, Suicide Squad, Manhunter, Firestorm. Mm-hmm. I'm reading all those as they came out chronological order. Oh, nice, yeah. They all kind of flow together. It's all they one really, big story, they really. Really do, yeah. But I so, think the uh, the Hulk World and Hawkman I'm going to keep separate because that doesn't really tie in. No, uh, no, it doesn't. So, <laughs> so I'm was was Legends is. Was Legends his first, you know, DC kind of book? A, oh, was it really? Okay, I didn't yes. know. Yes, Legends number one know. was his first DC book. Well, that's the first uh, modern Suicide Squad appearance. So yeah, yeah, that's the first well, time Waller appears. Yeah, she appears there first time. And then if uh, uh, if if you're looking for other good Ostrander stuff after that, uh, I would go back and recommend uh, Grimjack from First Comics. I, I've read that Grimjack, okay. yeah. I'm very familiar with Mr. Ostrander's work. Okay. <laughs> this is that's why I'm calling it reread. <laughs> well, uh, let, let, let's hold off on uh, talking about the trailer that dropped then when we get to news, because I think that was fun. Oof, yes. There was a Legion trailer. Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You said you said you said Legion news. I, mean, I like, said news. I didn't say Legion news. A large team oh, of weirdos have come together for a feature film. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's me over to you, Michael. 
All right. I am uh, Michael Grabline. This weekend, I was uh, next year in person, lad. Um, this weekend happens to be the uh, the first weekend of Passover, which, oh, yes. uh, for those out there who don't know, it basically celebrates the Jews leaving uh, Egypt. And if you've ever seen the Ten Commandments with uh, Charlton Heston, that's basically what Passover is. Um, and traditionally, you get together with your family all around a big table, and you read from the uh, uh, the guidebooks, and you have your meal, and everybody is there, except last year was the first year that we didn't do it in person, mm-hmm. and this year is the second one, but there is a, uh, a world of difference or a year's worth of difference between last year and this year where now we, uh, you know, not only are we, on the uh, on the way out, you know, we see a light at the end of the tunnel that is hopefully not uh, you know Darth Vader with his lightsaber at the end of Rogue One. No, seriously. Uh, um, but we are also a year into um, getting familiar with uh, FaceTime and Zoom and connecting with people virtually. So for our Seder this year. Um, we joined my sister and her husband in Detroit and a, a couple who uh, were friends with my dad, my, my mom, when they were in college, they're also in suburban Detroit. Uh, one son of theirs who lives in Detroit, one son who lives in Chicago, one son who lives in Boston, um, the mother of one of them who lives in Reno and us in Houston. So we had, we were covering three time zones and five different states, uh, which is, you know, it, it's it's not unique now, but it is kind of the new normal, or at least not, I don't want to say new normal. It is an accepted method of getting together now, whereas it was also new last year. And so, you know, on the one hand, it'll be nice to be able to get back next year in person but seeing as how well all of these have gone, you know, celebrating with people virtually around the country, um, it's going to add a different uh, wrinkle or a different um, atmosphere to your dinner if you are, you know, okay, you have to have the laptop at the table, but you're seeing your friends and your family who you wouldn't ordinarily have been able to see. And, you know, one of the things that we are all looking forward to is, uh, being able to go out and see everybody in person in the very near future. So yeah. the the traditional ending to the Passover Seder is uh, next year in Jerusalem, but more uh, more appropriately this year it'll be uh, next year in person. So oh, sweet, nice. So that's it for me. Nothing. Uh, uh, nothing scandalous or, uh, <laughs> or, or, or breaking, um, that I care now. to tell you about. We'll wait yes. till next week. <laughs> I say no, nothing that I care to tell you about. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so over to you, Jim. Hey everyone. I'm Jim Purcell. And, uh, this week I am employment lad. Yay! 
Well, yes, it is a hooray. Oh, all right. I, 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 no, I got the, I got the call. I'm going back to work at Foxwoods, back to my dealing job. Unfortunately, it will be a very limited part-time job with no benefits for the moment. Uh, as they expand, as they reopen further, we will eventually get promoted back to our old positions and statuses. But that is going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was on but, the fence. I was on the fence about going back because it will just be a, a, about a day or two a week and no benefits. And you know, if you if you pass it up, they'll call you next time. They need more people. But I figure at this point, I need to get back to work, uh, get my foot back in the door, mm-hmm. make sure I'm there, and uh, get on with it. Uh, just need to work, figure out my schedule because I'll still be working part-time at my other job. We're at the game store. Uh, have I mentioned I worked at a retro game store? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. I may have mentioned that a few thousand times. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to find a way to juggle the two because one thing about working at Foxwoods is Foxwoods always assumes Foxwoods is your primary job, even if they're only giving you one day a week because they are a giant company that does not care about you personally. Uh, but... That would be a problem with me if they're not giving me benefits. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, part of me wants to just not go because no mm-hmm. benefits. I mean, what's the real problem? What's the real point? But the truth is I was kind of expecting the call sometime in the next month or two anyway. And it's only a matter of time before they they relax uh, uh, the rules enough to get more people in there to hire more, uh, get more dealers back. And once more dealers get back, once our ratios are where they're supposed to be, uh, we'll be able to get back to our old statuses and get my benefits back. Uh, one of the yeah, way- my, my, well, go ahead. I was gonna say my thought on that is is the the more time you put in between now and getting hired back in full time, right. then you're probably higher up on the list of people to get hired back full time. Uh, we're we're union, so we have very strict seniority lists. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. The people who pass on coming back for COVID reasons, they anyway. still have seniority yeah. over me. That that remains constant. And that it remains constant until the end of this year, because uh, that is the agreement. At the end of this year, our, our status is still good until the end of this year, uh, which is another reason why I should probably get back sooner rather than later. Because if something goes wrong and I don't get back to work, I could lose my protection in the, in that regard. Although I don't think that's likely. Uh, another good thing about going back now is that I get to preserve my four hundred one k, because it's getting kind of close to summer, of which I would have to roll it over into an IRA. Uh, as of now, I should be able to resume it. And not have to worry about losing that entire balance as part of my, you know, my retirement. Uh-huh. Uh, I can start contributing back to it, which I think is important. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. So that it is exciting. Totally it is going to make a, I don't know what my schedule is going to be. Hopefully it does not impact my Sundays. Because it'll be it'd be very noisy to have you, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, on the podcast whilst uh, dealing at the uh, at the casino. So Correct. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be he'll be <laughs> he'll he'll be like and dealer wins, and we'll be what what's going on? What what what's going on? Well, I, I don't know. What well, they don't say forget those Jim. The, yeah, and don't forget the uh, uh, the Mohegan Sun is running the uh, Virgin hotel casino in vegas which just opened this past weekend it did dang mohegan's always been more on the ball than foxwood sometimes they got they have like multiple casinos that they co-run or just straight up run uh they got one in pennsylvania i think too i've never been to a casino but i'm scared that my gaming bug would just because i'm just a gamer anyway i'd want to play too much 
If you've got an addictive, like, mm -mm, no. you got an addictive personality, avoid cards. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So that's it for me. Uh, who else we got? Now let's move to the future. G'day, everybody from the future. I'm Derek Bins, and this week I am Volcano Boy. I don't know if you've heard, but there's a volcano erupting in Iceland, and oh. one of the news channels over there has put up a live webcam. So you can tune in any time throughout the day and watch the volcano go bloop, 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 bloop. So I've had it running on my second screen at work pretty much all day, uh, <laughs> which is good because with a time difference, it's Icelandic middle of the night. So I'm getting like all the, the wonderful lava yeah, looping over the edge and flowing stuff. down and yeah. people stopping by going, what's that? And I go, well, this is a volcano. It's happening now. And they're going, oh, wow. Oh, seriously. Yeah. It is very cool. I mean, Iceland really is a volcano, and everyone lives on the coast anyway, right? It's kind of like Hawaii. <laughs> yes. In that, in that sense. <laughs> yep. And when I was there five years ago, I was in about three kilometers away from where this volcano is going off. So, of course, everyone's saying, oh, it's because you were there. You've made the volcano Oh, yes, go that's off. right. <laughs> that's how geology <laughs> works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, I'd forgotten about this. That's the uh, science yes. of rocks. I think I'm going to recall, rename myself the ambassador of chaos or something like that. <laughs> well, you would have been right at home in early 90s DC then. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, so is there some Legion news? There is no Legion news that I'm aware of. There, uh, but Michael's got there, some, some stuff. There, there is a there is a piece that you may be unaware of. I, I very well may be unaware of it, sir. Go ahead. Uh, so it was announced that the big uh, Paul Levitt's Mike Grell Legion wedding tabloid with Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl is going to get reprinted in hardcover, and it'll be a uh, coming out in December, just in time for Christmas. And it's going to be a tabloid-sized reprint in hardcover, uh, apparently in the same format that they did the Superman versus Muhammad Ali uh, one. And I think they recently did the Superman versus Wonder Woman. Uh, so that's, um, that's something to look forward to in December. Nice. Oh, there's, there's uh, your Christmas gifts for your Legion fans right there. Done. Yes, and it is it is uh, going to be on sale. Um, what well, is going to be sold? List price is thirty nine ninety nine. You'll be able to get your Amazon discount after that. Um, but it is uh, for another ten bucks. You can buy the whole uh, Superboy and the Legion archive type volume number one. But that's printed at, at regular comic size yeah. and not tabloid size. My I kind of wonder if it's going to be tabloid size because I've got the hardcover Superman Muhammad Ali and it's not tabloid size. Oh, it's, it's larger not. than a normal comic, but it's not tabloid. Mm. That seems pointless. To yeah, that that price point makes me go what? Forty dollars is a lot for a fifty dollar hardcover. I'll be honest, uh, especially if it's not actual tabloid size, because at least then it's a novelty. 
My yeah. other concern is these books have big, like elaborate co uh, color spreads. And when you square bind them like mm -hmm. this, they don't, mm -hmm. they, they don't, you'll, they, you'll they lose the middle stuff. The yeah. gutters get eaten. Yes. That, that big wedding scene is going to have like half of like lightning lad and Saturn girl chopped off <laughs> in the gutter. <laughs> uh, so in the, in the Amazon listing says it's 10 by 13 and a half inches. Is where's that tape? Where's my tape measure? <laughs> so uh, I, that's yeah. small that's larger than a regular comic it, yeah that's yeah definitely it, not tabloid sized i I, yeah. I wonder if it's uh similar to the uh you know that the that ollie uh reissue came out 10 years ago seriously yeah it's had six printings since but uh oh i didn't think it was that long ago we're getting old, Paul. I know. <laughs> but yeah, like, I just, I honestly, I would, if, if someone had asked me, you know, gun to my head, how, when did this come out? I would have said uh, four or five years ago. Yeah, you, you'd be wrong. I, I'd be apparently uh, <laughs> wrong by, uh, by, by about half. So uh, yeah. Rounding yeah. down, were you? Rounding down. Apparently. Yeah. I, uh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that you know, that's still larger. I mean, that's still, you know, what 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 are most comics? It's um, what like eight by six or yeah, something like that. Eight and a half, maybe. Not eight by six. Um, no. Um, let me pull it up and see if I've got the comic. I got Jim. You got your. Uh, I mean, it's a, a regular comic these days is a little smaller than a regular piece of like business paper you know that you would put yeah, the copy yeah so smaller than eight and a half by 11 for sure a regular comic is 10 and a quarter by seven uh by six and a half okay. yep okay so i was just measuring one myself <laughs> there you go so about uh, so about half again so so it's kind of a 150 percent of a regular comic so i i do have my super boy tabloid in another room but i don't know if it's worth running in to grab it <laughs> Well, let's okay, measure so, it. So this is point, science. It's for science, the, Jim. The <laughs> All right. The point is, hold, hold, the, hold the fort. <laughs> All right. So the other, the other bit, I don't know if it's necessarily news, but the um, uh, Comicron finally was able to post sales figures. Yes. Uh, which which we had not seen since October, uh, which was right. issue ten, and at the time uh, when issue ten came out, it was selling roughly thirty thousand copies. And it was kind of in the in the 20s um, in terms of what DC overall was selling. Uh, we don't have Diamond has not put out any numbers, so we don't know like exactly how many copies it sold. All we know is relative to the rest of DC. Yeah. Um, the problem is that issue 11 kind of tracks with where what we were seeing before. But as we're getting later and later, DC is publishing fewer and fewer books. Right. So a year a year ago, they were publishing, uh, like, when issue three came out, that was 112 books. Uh, last month, when Future State 2 came out, they published 42 books. Wow. Oh, wow. That's substantial, yeah. That is a big drop in. Yeah, the... so, you know, it goes down from 112 to 88 to 80, 65, 57 
51, 49, 42. So they're axing the lower sellers. They're increasing the number of Batman books because that's what sells. Because that sells, yeah. yeah. And and also all of the you know the Dark Knights, Death Metal, and the deceased crossovers that makes up a big chunk of of their sales. And you yeah. know it works for them. So you know that's that's how they choose to. Well, that's to how do they're it. surviving that's right their, now. Honestly, yeah, that's their job yeah. is to you know make the stuff that sells. <laughs> and yeah. so so like for the November issue number eleven, all we know is that. You know, using the Justice League as their baseline. Right. You know, for every for every 100 copies of Justice League, Legion sells 48 copies. And the number one DC book that month was Dark Knight's Death Metal number five, which sold 198. And so Legion was number 28 out of 49. And the 49 book was Scooby Doo at seven copies per one per. 100 copies of the Justice League. Right. Wow. Um, issue 12 was supposed to come out at the beginning of December, and it came out so late that it was off the December charts all the way yeah. into January, and January was Future State. Mm. So it's tough to tell where to issue tell. 12 yeah. would have been, but I do have the Future State numbers. Um so the number one issue in January was Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven, which sold 141 copies for every hundred copies of Justice League, Future State Justice League. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that Dark Knight's Death Metal sold less. It probably means that Justice League sold more. Right. Um, but 46 copies of just of Future State Legion number one for every hundred of future state justice league. So that basically the ratio is the same. So, but so they didn't share the data for, uh, for issue 12. No, I, I know do, it came was, out in the that, same month, but right. It came. So that there were 34 copies of issue number 12 for every 100 copies of future state justice league. Oh, okay, which, I gotcha. which sounds like it's less, but people ordered, the same number of Legion and more copies of Future State Justice League. So the relative number of copies of Legion per Justice League fell. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, for February, it was 51 of Future State Legion for 100 of Future State Justice League. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. However, however, uh, Future State Legion was among the worst selling. Um, paper copies of all of Future State. Wow. Um, the Future State Legion was number 20 out of 25. The only ones it outsold were Aquaman, Shazam, Robin Eternal, Kara Zor-El, Superwoman, um, all in the same, um, uh, within one or two copies, and then Superman versus Imperious Lex. That was the worst selling out of all of them. Really? And the it was Imper- the best Imper- one. Imperius <laughs> Lex is apparently the best one. Yeah, Isn't that it always was. the way. Yeah. So Legion Legion sold 46 copies for every copy uh, or for every 100 copies of Future State Justice League. Aquaman was 45, Shazam, Robin and Kara were 44. So they were ballpark and then it was a big drop between Superman and Imperius Lex at 37 copies. Um, for issue 2 there were 51 copies 
for every 100 copies of Justice League, which suggests to me that people or that they dropped their orders of Justice League um, relative to the number of copies of Legion. So it made it look like Legion improved in sales, but I don't think it did. I, I, yeah. think, I think it was like the same number of people ordered the same number of copies. Yeah. It was just the Justice League sales, which fluctuated up and down. And Future State Legion number two was, uh, was the 22nd selling book, outselling only Suicide Squad, Imperious Lex, and Kara Zor-El. So it was 22 out of 25 for the second book. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder if they were just under ordering Future State, because I'll be honest, as an event, I don't know if it was too exciting for everybody. No. <laughs> um, you know, for, for all I know, um, they might have kept the same number of Legion and then updated or, or increased everybody else. Maybe. Hopefully. And, and so, so relative to uh, everything else, it looks like it dropped, but without knowing Diamond's numbers and how much Marvel sells, it's tough to tell how many copies they actually sold. All right. And so, and all I all I can say is that every week that Legion, any Legion, Future State or otherwise, uh, appears on Comicsology, it's always in the top ten of the bestsellers list for that week, like consistently. It's usually like number two. Whether or not that means they're selling a lot of copies or a few copies and just trends that way is another question because you got no real numbers for digital, but it's always it's always ranked in a re- in reasonably high. So that's—I I don't know. I, there's, there's nothing more to say until Diamond comes out and publishes their numbers, which they haven't done since October. Yeah. And then uh, they and then got the other things to worry about right now. Yeah, that, yeah. they never will again. Yeah, yeah I think, I don't think way, Diamond's going to be doing anything anytime soon. Honestly. And the way the way Comicron does their number crunching, you kind of need Diamond to figure out. Comicron uh, sounds like they throw some bones on the floor and speculate and make up stuff. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's they they talked to a, a number of different comic shops around the country, and mm. you know find out what what is what is actually being ordered, um, and they can kind of fudge th- or not fudge things. They can kind of figure estimate. out es- estimate relative rankings, but like until they know, okay, Avengers. Uh, sold this many copies. Um, they know that Avengers and Justice League are roughly equivalent. It's, so it's if not. They say, if it's if not. they say Justice League is is equivalent to Avengers, and Avengers sold a hundred thousand copies, then you can say, okay, Avenger, uh, Justice League sold a hundred thousand, and then you can scale from there. Mm. Yeah. So just... yeah, there's. Pro- there's probably a lot of chicken bones in there, but that's what it sounds like. I mean, it's not much different than like TV rating, uh, not ratings, uh, TV, uh, well, Nielsen ratings. Yeah, yeah it's, all, it's all it, it's all Brooke, based on. I will not have you talk bad about Nielsen ratings because I participate in those surveys. No, 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 and no make, I'm not. I make I'm, like ten dollars a month doing I'm that. I'm saying it's based upon <laughs> at, it's based upon a statistical uh, yeah, model rather than actual numbers. All right, I got the speaking of numbers. Yep. So, based upon my copy of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes Limited Collector's Edition C49, (laughs) 
Uh, treasury sizes are 10 by 13 and a quarter. And that's what the uh, 10 by 13 and a half is what the new hardcover is going to be. Mm, okay. okay, so it is actually treasury size. Well, there we have it. With an extra with an extra quarter inch, I guess for probably for uh, the hardcover part. Yeah, for the for the the binding in the middle and and stuff like that. Yeah, because because on hardcovers there's there's a there's a little bit of a lip, uh, right? Page to cover ratio. The cover will probably be ten and a half, and the interiors and, will be ten and a quarter. And, and that's the kind of thing that would you know they they actually have to you know fill out that field uh, in the in their feed to Amazon. So it being non-standard, like they actually had to go out of their way to put that in. So that, uh, that, uh, that makes it a, a bit more appealing. Yeah. For sure. Very interesting. I mean, I've already got the, the, the other one, so I, I don't see, I don't see me buying it, but, <laughs> but all the but same. some people will. Yes. Well, there, oh, yeah. there are, uh, the, the thing is there are many, uh, um, you know, there are, are many, uh, people who don't have a copy of that and, uh, -huh. uh therefore, um, I, I just kind of wish they would just do a facsimile edition for like 10 bucks going crazy Why? when they going... can get you to buy it for 40, I guess. <laughs> Why? But, but facsimile editions are in, they're like semi-popular. It'd be the cooler thing to do in my opinion. Is that what the yeah, question yeah, exactly. DC, DC has stopped doing those though because they were selling too well relative to their new comics. Seriously, that's part of what I heard. Wow, incredible! Is that, is that management was like, you know, we're uh, um, we don't want to have these old reprints selling more than our new issues because <laughs> the new issues are what we want people to be reading. We want that's, yeah. why, that's why DC stopped publishing them. Well, DC wanna... has a conundrum. Aren't they raising prices of Batman books to six bucks? They're trying. Allegedly. I mean, that's yeah. a bleeding. That's a bleeding cool article only. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah. But, and I, I've, I, I, have, although, although I've heard people <laughs> quoting other sources, it's like yes, all of them mention the bleeding cool article. Yeah. So yeah. But I also think it's based on an actual solicitation uh, that has a price tag. And yeah, but didn't they have covers, but the prices did not match what they said? I mean, it's possible the information was wrong. Hopefully, that's what's actually happening. Because wow. I'm going to be honest, six bucks, six bucks for like what twenty four, twenty eight pages of story. I no, I, it was more than my, that. Well, maybe it's thirty. I think it's like a main story and two backup stories. Yeah, but it's still only like thirty story pages, which is that. That's uh, six bucks is my limit. I can't go beyond that. Page it, page counts got to increase when you go go beyond six. I mean, and just because it was, and just, that. <laughs> and just because it was in bleeding cool doesn't mean it's not true. true. That's true too. I mean, bleeding cool has a fairly weird hit rate on some of their stuff, so yeah. you know, grain, grain of salt all around. <laughs> we'll find out when the issues come out. Totally, exactly. Totally. Well, now, when they're officially solicited from whoever is distributing DC. Distribute them. Yeah. Because it ain't going to be Diamond, right? I think it's, uh, what, UBS, UCS? It's, it's um, or, or, no, or did it's, which one? It's, or uh, was Lunar. it Lunar? One of them Lunar. dropped out. Yeah, Lunar is the know. one that, that, that continued. Okay. Uh, yeah, because Lunar is, uh, is DCBS. Ah. All right. Right, so. 
I love DCBS. And, they, and, and they... in-stock trades, we don't talk about them enough. They do really good work. No, they, don't uh, pay, they don't pay us to talk about them. Well, I know, I know, but still. I've been using DCBS ever since my comic shop closed about 10 years ago. They are fantastic. There you go. Hey, they didn't pay for that. <laughs> How are we supposed to get the sponsorship? Free endorsement. Talk about them, <laughs> Darren, did you, uh, speaking of sponsorships, Darren, did you uh, want to mention anything about a, uh, a certain trailer that dropped this weekend? I did want to mention a certain trailer that dropped this weekend because someone should do a Suicide Squad podcast. Totally. And so until that happens, right. it's up to us to, to do it. Did you see it? Did you see the trailer? Yes, <laughs> I did. I couldn't see John Cena, though. Since you haven't mentioned a movie, I saw a trailer called Frank of Ireland this weekend. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't see John Cena in that either. <laughs> uh, John Cena is Peacemaker. John yeah, Cena with an Irish accent. He was all okay. he was all he's, over the Suicide Squad trailer. Sorry. Yeah, I, he was the one talking. He was the one talking about eating a bag of dicks. Cl- cl- yeah. clear, clearly, uh, we don't have any wrestling fans here because the the joke is you can't see Cena. Ah, yeah. uh, it's, okay. it's his catchphrase. You can't see me. Ah, uh, sorry. Then he, then he yeah, waves his see, hand in front of his face. Yeah, see this is the, great, the, great radio. <laughs> as always, as always, the, uh, the 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 wrestling stuff flies over my head. Yeah, <laughs> like Drax. Ed. Uh, because we, we would have this where, where Scott and Matt would start talking about wrestling stuff and, and, and Darren and I Paul and I would be like clueless. <laughs> Are they talking about the guy with the Slim Jim guy again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. Rest in peace. Oh my. Um, but I I am it's in a trailer now, so can we talk about it or is it spoilery to talk about it? I mean it's out there. It's in the world. It's in a trailer so, and there's no Travis. So, first of all, congrats to John Ostrander for getting a cameo in the movie that's in the trailer, for one. Yeah. I, I, I missed it until it was pointed out to me later. Yeah. And, and number two, fucking Starro? Yeah, yeah. I know, right? This, okay. So, when I saw it, I, I lost my collective crap. And then I was like, you know what? James Gunn made a tree and a raccoon, some of the best characters in the MCU. Why wouldn't he pick Starro? Why the fuck would he not? Absolutely. And I am here for it. Thank you very much. I, I don't. I really don't care about the rest of the movie right now. I want to see Starro, and, and I want to see John Cena on that beach of, of penises. <laughs> that well, carried yes. me through this weekend. I have to tell you. <laughs> if if it was if the beach was was full of them, and it was up to. Uh, to him t- to eat all of them to make the world safe for humanity, then he would eat that bag of dicks. He would eat the beach full of dicks. Yes, and I want to be on that beach. I'm just saying. I'm just. I think it'd be a nice to, to visit. That's all. <laughs> I will... get a decent gay positive reference in a in a DCU movie. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to ride this reference out, kids. I, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure uh, how positive it was. <laughs> this this is what representation means, Paul. You take what you can get. Uh, okay? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh my. 
Yep. I got to say, I'm a little bit worried that Harley is carrying the javelin a lot in that trailer. Oh, please. Javelin was not long for this world. Oh, I, for, I don't know why, but I love his, I love his look in the movie. Javelin. He stands he out. He wasn't long in him. the comic book. I think he's like in two issues. Yeah, he was a, he, he was a boost one. He was a booster gold villain, wasn't he? Green so. Lantern. Or was it Fire Green Storm? Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's right. It was um uh the the whoever Pete Davidson is. Um, he was in uh, uh he was a, a booster gold guy. Yeah, he's a uh, blackguard. Blackguard. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But javelin was a uh, Green Lantern because he's he's wearing a yellow costume. So that's right. He threw yellow javelins, I assume. So I'm I'm anticipating, and this is just purely speculation, that you're going to have a team of villains who goes after somebody. I don't know which of the two missions is going to be the the first one, but they all get wiped out because you know there's cannon fodder in there. Oh yeah. Thinker Thinker is going to be cannon fodder. Weasel, uh, Javelin, Polka Dot Man. Um, they're they're all cannon fodder. See, actually, I think I. I I, I yeah. agree. I agree, but I actually think Thinker and uh, Polka Dot Man are actually not going to get wiped out immediately because oh. I, I I I honestly think it's their main character caliber. They'll at least last until the end of the movie. Oh, okay. Or well, when it's dramatically appropriate, I guess. Mm. I mean, and it's so. Yeah, and I think so Polka Dot Man is going to live because he wants to die. So like I'm, he's gonna well, do every with, a, with thing a name like Polka Dot killed. Man, of course he wants to die. Yeah, <laughs> but he's going to do every stupid thing to get himself killed. None of it's going to work. So, so then, so then the question is: you know, we know that there is a a mission in Corto Maltese, and now we know that Starro is involved. So, which is the one where the cannon fodder gets killed? Is it? Are they killed battling Starro, and then? They go to Cordial Maltese to rescue somebody, or is it the other way around? Or is Starro the big bad for the end of the movie? Based purely on speculation. This is just my speculation based on how the trailer is cut. At the very beginning, when you see Harley, they go to do the rescue mission to rescue Harley, but she's already escaped. That is post-everybody-gets-wiped-out mission. Agreed, yeah. And so that cast is going to be your main cast for whatever the actual like mission is. The, through, through the movie hmm. I, I think we're going to see um, Everybody in that first mission Except for Boomerang get wiped out Of course Boomerang lives He's Boomerang's going to live because that's just comedy Team and, Cockroach yep. And Rick and Rick Flag too probably And hey, uh, Rick Flag I, I, Rick Flag will survive just because you have to have someone Carry forward the, the Good guy line to the movie um, and he's it because God knows Waller is not it or should yeah, not be yeah, it. Yeah. And Peacemaker um, definitely is, is not it. Yeah. And, and Peacemaker is going to survive because he's got an HBO Max series. Ah, but his HBO Max series has already been confirmed to be a prequel. Oh, well, then so maybe, that may in maybe fact he's confirm going to his toast. Maybe he'll eat a bag of dicks. Who knows? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think the Starro is, is going to be the beginning of the third act. I think ha- they're going to have to take out Starro as the third act. Starro's going to be the, the big bad, the boss villain? Yeah, well, he's going to be the surprise. He's going to be the twist, quote-unquote, villain. It's because there's always, here's the Suicide Squad mission, and then something happens that causes it to go awry, yeah. right? That happens in every Suicide Squad story, and then you get the, oh my god, this is the worst-case scenario, how do we fix it? 
Turns so, out it was mind control from an alien yeah. starfish. From the thinker, probably. So that'll tie in with Starro because you've got psychic stuff going on there. And yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But they're going to Jotunheim. That that thing that Starro pops out of looks very similar to the Jotunheim headquarters of the co- of the um, the first group of villains that the Suicide Squad Ostrander version fought, which makes oh, sense wow. to use that headquarters as as a jumping off point. Maybe we get some other characters through that. But yeah, that's what that place is supposed to be. So we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's got me excited. It's the first DC movie that I'm actually excited about. I'll tell you that for a dollar. A when, dollar? When's it supposed dollar? to be coming out? I think October. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, August. And... August? Is it August? Yeah. Sweet. Even I haven't even seen the trailer, but I know that. <laughs> Hopefully it goes to HBO Max. It's a it's a red band trailer so that yeah, You're allowed King to Shark. see gross things and you can see King Shark do what King Shark does. Yes, and and also some f bombs are dropped. Also, the, I'll, the I'll see it when it comes out on DVD. Fair enough. <laughs> well, there so, we you go. want to talk about uh, about Legionnaires number four today? Yes, yes. Or, or is there other stuff to talk about? I, I think that's not. it. <laughs> that... <laughs> Travis doesn't like it when we talk. Have you noticed? Everybody, he's like this podcast, podcast would be fine if it wasn't for all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's Legion related, I'll talk all day. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you take us into it, Derek? My pleasure. We have Legionnaires issue number four. Uh, with a cover by Chris Sprouse and Carl Story, part of our ongoing series of joined covers. Is there a technical name for that? Uh, joined Connect- covers. Uh, panorama. <laughs> Connected covers. Uh... Mm. I know you, if I was it thinking, was three, it would yeah. be a triptych, but I think it's... Uh... Yes. This is uh, five. Quint- so it's Quintus, a since it's five. Um, oh, before, before you get too far, Derek, remember that mm. Syracash is Australian, so you're going to have to use your Australian accent for her. Oh, gee, what does that sound like? I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. (laughs) So on the cover, we have the Emerald Empress and the Emerald Eye blasting Ultra Boy in the chest. Nope, I thought it it was Ultra Boy at first as well. No, it's it's not. It's Inferno. Yes, it is. It's Inferno. Sorry. Uh, With Pharaoh and Satin Girl and Livewire surrounding them. And that cover is just like the others, all by Chris Faust, Carl Story, and Tom McCraw. Ah, thank you. Right. So we have Legion Roll Call, Catspaw, Chameleon, Pharaoh, Inferno, Invisible Kid, Livewire, Matarita Lad, Saturn Girl, Ultra Boy, <gasps> and the other Legionnaires. And we have the new Emerald Empress flying over the domed cities of Earth. Wow! Until today, Sarah Kesh never liked eyes much. They always saw her insecurities. They knew how to hurt her. Eyes just brought Sarah Kesh pain and humiliation. But not this eye, not today. If looks could kill by Tom and Mary Beerbaum writers, 
Chris Sprouse, penciler, Carl Story, inker, Pat Brosseau, letterer, Tom McCraw, colorist, Eddie Braganza, assistant editor, and Casey Carlson, editor. And the Empress is flying through space. She's reflecting on what's gone before. I can't believe this is all happening. Just a day ago, I was a fat, scared little girl kidding myself that I had a prayer of joining the Legionnaires with my pathetic little telekinetic ability. And she's thinking about her tryout where she's lifting live wire up in the air. Live wire says, just don't drop me. And some people are laughing. And Sarah goes, oh, oh, it's slipping. I can't look out. And then she flashes back to the humiliation. Live wire says, you fat cow. What was that supposed to be? I, I said I was sorry. And Inferno says, why don't you go play Connect the Dots with your face, fat, ugly? I was wondering if we should have another drinking game. <laughs> For when Inferno's whenever, a dick? Or Livewire. We, <laughs> would be, we would have alcohol poisoning before the fifth page. <laughs> but, so. True. And, and the Empress flies around. Livewire, Inferno, they laughed at me, tormented me. But I'm through being pushed around. I don't know where this eye came from or why it's done this to me, but now that I've got the power, I know what to do with it. I've got the power! Uh, meanwhile, down below in the Metropolis Dome at Legionnaire's headquarters, we have Livewire and Inferno, the aforementioned dicks, racing <laughs> each other. No, not the kind that you need a bag of, though. It, it, it sounds like <laughs> me talking about people at the club last night, the aforementioned dicks. <laughs> yeah. hey, let, let's look at Garth's fashion here. I, I'm. This is very 90s. This is very, both of them are very 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Power, he's got... this is Power Rangers, Angel Beach kind of a gear right here. Kids. He's got a, a Saturn girl symbol on his necklace. Yep. Legionnaire symbol on the shirt. Lightning symbols on the shorts, flash symbols on his shoes, which apparently are putting out some kind of beams. Got the fuzzy wristbands, and yeah. of course the Legion ring. He's overly logoed himself. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> wow. But Inferno's wearing Inferno's wearing the same shoes. Well, they're they're the in thing, right? Yeah. These well, are like the even... Marty McFly, you know. Well, yes. they. they, they He's going to tell us what kind of shoes they are. Yeah. So Inferno, uh, Livewire's out in front. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Inferno is left in the dust. Looks like Livewire is the 2995 Laser Blade Champion of the Universe. Inferno says, not yet. He isn't, big man. It ain't over till Sirakesh sings. Oof. That's, yeah. That's there it is. Take that's, a drink. Okay, okay take a drink. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think laser blade here is supposed to be analogous to rollerblades. Rollerblades, yeah. Yeah. Hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> but the universe is smiling upon us because Livewire and Inferno run, run smack bang into Andromeda. Live and they get, they get thrown to the floor and she barely notices them. Hey! Oh, it's you two. You morons, okay? <laughs> I <love laughs> Yeah, thanks, says Inferno. How much do I owe you? <clears throat> uh, invisible kids on monitor duty. Oh, that's classy, Inferno. <clears throat> Andromeda says, classy? These guys wouldn't know classy if it kissed them on the lips. 
Livewire, however, is turning to the one that he knows that he can intimidate and ignores Andromeda and turns on Invisible Kid. So, who asked you to butt in, egghead? Sorry, Livewire, says Invisible Kid, but sometimes the way you guys treat women and Andromeda stands up for herself, hey, don't worry about me, Invisible Kid. I'm used to the taunts of frustrated little boys. Bye-bye, boys. Little boys, says Livewire. Who's frustrated, says Inferno. <laughs> and Invisible Kid goes, ha, nice comeback, Andromeda. Uh, Livewire is still trying to uh, vent his frustrations. Uh, Real funny. So you think we're little boys, do you? He says, putting his fist in Invisible Kid's face. I'd like to see you back those words up, wimp, says Inferno. Hey, says Invisible Kid. Look, you guys are still picking on that poor applicant from the other day. I think little boys is giving you too much credit. Oh, yeah, says him in Livewire. So now you're calling us babies. And he pushes Invisible Kid. Hey, isn't that it? Continues Livewire. Knock it off, Livewire, says Invisible Kid. I mean it. Tough guy, try and stop me. Man, you asked for this, and they're on. Invisible Kid tackles Livewire to the ground. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> and Inferno, in an out-of-character moment, tries to pull Invisible Kid off. Okay, kid, lay off. It's this uh, fine time to start playing Peacemaker, Inferno. Oh, Peacemaker. Hey. Yeah, yeah lucky for you, you weasel, says in Livewire. Meanwhile, that, Satin that's, Girl that's and... That's two Suicide Squad references right there. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, battle. Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh and Satin Girl come up. Wow, a rumble, says Pharaoh. What's going on, Garth? Asks Satin Girl. Don't ask me. Egghead here started it. Lyle started a fight. Sure he did. Let me guess. <laughs> Randy's next in line. Inferno replies, you know, kid, you better watch who you mess with. Or what? This has gone beyond Legion hazing at this point. It's like your your teammates are now threatening you openly. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like high school. Yeah. It's but it's, it's but what, the, other, the problem, though, is that, you know, if they're talking about um, they just got unfrozen from being in stasis since... Uh, you know, since mid-adventure run, um, they were never like this back then. They, they're these are different personalities than Garth and Dirk had back then. Well, they've been exposed to this modern and, era. Yeah, and and to be fair, that's because the personalities were carbon copy. Yeah, they were not that. They, they were they, they were good guy. Was what yeah, it was. they were not they were not written that differently at, at the time. And, and even if you go back to, uh, you know, before in this timeline when uh, Garth was replaced by Prody, um, Garth was not a, he was not a dick before then. This is, you know, something something that, that the beer bombs did that I'm not a fan of, but. Well, they, they, they gave them personalities. And I mean, a lot of these personalities kind of also stemmed from, uh, from things Levitz had done. Like for for example, uh, you know the the whole the whole thing with uh, with Sunboy that was that that comes from Levitz. Um, making Livewire a hothead, 
it's you know yeah, well, i mean tom, tom tomboy wildfire was, tom, <laughs> White tom last week or the week before said that it was because uh you know every team had to have a hothead and yeah. so they decided that that live wire was it that it, it it it's not that it doesn't make sense you know <laughs> i mean no i just i'm just not a fan of, of this personality transplant yeah Okie dokie. Uh, Invisible Kid is walking away from the fight, as a good person should. Oh, what? Or you clowns will call me a cow too. What? Sharps Livewire. Ha! Good point, Invisible Kid, says Satin Girl. Good point, says Livewire. Since when do you take a dork side over mine? Since you started acting like a dork yourself, replies Satin Girl. Oh, really? Well, if I'm such a dork, why do you still go out with me? Hmm. Right now, Garth Rands, I have no idea. Ah, oh, the hell with it, fumes Livewire. Who needs her anyway? So get it, man. Don't let it get to you, Livewire. Let's blow some serious steam, says Inferno. Inferno's hung around. Hey, if you guys need something to do, didn't Ultra Boy promise to show us some of his old hangouts? So we go to the gym where Ultra Boy is doing reps, 600 mysterious weight units, could be pounds, could be kilos. Either way, it's a lot. Uh, Gossamer is in the background with possibly Dragon Mage. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Dragon Mage. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you say, you boy? Asks Inferno. We could check out some really cool spots, really tough places. You know, no wimps need apply, adds Livewire. Mm. Guys, I'm supposed to be finished my rehab here. But if you really want to find some attraction, I know just the place. All right. And they all leave. And we're probably somewhere in the Metropolis Dome, somewhere seedy, so a club that looks like it might be called Purge. Purgatory. Purgatory, yep. Yeah, no place like home for Ultra Boy. Yep. And Inferno is maybe now not quite so cocky as he was. Uh, you believe? Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Um, and there's a big green bruiser, maybe slightly Lobo dressed. He's got chains all around him. He's got a jacket saying Martian Maulers on the back. Yeah. Hey, want a game or not? Uh, sure, sure, says Inferno. Uh, so what are we playing for? Stakes are a digit of ball. Okay with you? Sure, sure, a digit of ball. Uh, you boy, what's a digit? It's a finger. Hope you got a good player. <laughs> a finger? Oh, uh, excuse me. I just remembered I promised to give my next game to somebody else. Uh, suit yourself, pretty boy. And Livewire, who's now added to his fashion sense a backward cap with a lightning bolt on it. So nice. And a hoodie. And a hoodie, yep. In fact, if you look at what they're wearing, so Pharaoh and Ultra Boy have just put jackets over their standard costumes, whilst Inferno and Livewire have sort of like put jeans and a shirt and jackets on. And so maybe they're hoping to score. <laughs> I think they are, but, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And. So Livewire has spotted a sexy green-haired woman at a pool table. Yo, says Pharaoh. 
I hope she's got that body registered as a deadly weapon. I think she's looking for a game, says Livewire. A game of what? Does it matter? Hey, babe, says Livewire as he goes up to her. Are you talking to me? How do you like a real man to show you how this is game? This game is played. Sure. You see any round here? Ouch. Crash and burn, whispers Inferno. Step aside, dork lad. Is this creep bothering you? Not anymore, says the green-haired woman, hot stuff. So, looking for a little fun? I see some right here. Uh, just a note, in the uh, top panel there, um, we, see, uh, uh, we see what is clearly Keith Giffen um, <laughs> wandering and, yeah. through the... Uh... And he's even got his, his uh, G symbol on his shirt. Exactly. In, lest there be any doubt, he, uh, he has signed his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, Giffen was here. Yeah, true. <laughs> Although I don't know who that purple-haired person was, Tom doesn't mention who that is. Interesting. Yeah, it does seem specific, doesn't it? Like... So at the pool table, uh, the green-haired lady and Inferno are racked up a game. A game. Okay, blue eyes, let's play some ball. I'm stoked, says Inferno. Livewire mutters off to himself. Fine, you can have her then. I'll just go out and play in traffic. And the green-haired lady breaks and sinks three balls at once. Three at once, says Inferno. This is a high-stakes game. So, okay, let's just say we're playing for a little revenge. Huh? Oh, uh, something's happening to me, as Inferno seems to be getting larger. (laughs) Yes, sugar pie, something is happening. And it'll keep happening with every ball I sink as she pots more balls. And Inferno is bloating up. Ah, what are you doing to me? And more balls go into pockets. That's just just letting you find out for yourself, dear heart, what it feels like to be a cow. No, stop it. All right, that that's an amazing waistband on those pants. Because he walked in like a 30, and yeah. he's now uh, quite Zoftig there. and it's, Un- it's Unstable it's, molecules. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible Hulk genes that, are, that turn purple to expand with your size. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Aunt Marging from Harry Potter, basically. <laughs> and there's a Shrek, and the green-haired lady is thrown back. You heard the man, live what? Uh, as Livewire zaps her. Pharaoh's holding him back. Livewire, cool off, bud. You saw what she did to Inferno. Let me go. No, look, says Ultra Boy. He's back to normal. And in uh, Inferno is indeed back to his normal self. With yellow gloves. Did he have yellow? Yes, he did have yellow gloves. I thought his hands might have been miscolored there for a moment. But there was a blast of green energy, and it is the Emerald Empress. Legionnaire trash. You think you're so hot. Well, guys, let's see how you deal with some real power. And the Emerald Eye of Ekron is there as well. Meanwhile, Legion Headquarters. And we have Chameleon and Cosmic Boy and Computer walking down the corridor. Mm. And as adult advisor, I figure I should meet with President Stewart, says Cam. That's okay, Cam. Computer is taking that one, says Cosmic Boy. 
The president is so sweet on the eyes, says Computo. He would, he'd be wasted on you. <laughs> and there's a alert coming down. Cosmic Boy, Computo, alert. Please report to the monitor room. On our way, Dragon Mage. And they zip up to the monitor room. And on the screen, there's a building with smoke coming up the side. Yow, says Computo. It's the UP holding cells. That's where they put Mano. Yes, says Dragon Mage, and the alarm is coming from his cell block. Damn, after everything we went through to bring him in, says Computo. Cosmic Boy says, we'd better send in a team. Cat's poor, matter eater lad. Hey, I'd like to head that team, says Cam. Cam, we do have team leaders, because I've got to do something around here. Okay, if it's that important to you. And over at Science Police earth holding station uh lots of comm chatter as something terrible is happening inside what's going on up there ah pull back pull back we've got an intruder up here it's the persuader and the persuader's axe thooms through the wall of mano's cell thoom is that is that a thoom or a you know it's just a thoom no we it's don't have thume. the uh we don't have the okay take half a drink there <laughs> <laughs> And the persuader says, this better be the right one. Mano, is that you? Well, you certainly took your sweet time getting here. Hey, I was counting the seconds till I got to see your face again, so, so to speak. <laughs> you coming or not? If you'd kindly remove this restraining device, I'd be happy to accompany you. And within seconds, the persuader has freed Mano. Done. Now, let's move. But there are three legionnaires in the corridor. We have Catspaw, Cam, and Matarita Lad. Going somewhere, gentlemen, says Cam. I hope you all have hall passes, says Matarita Lad. Oh, fud, says the persuader. Legionnaires, says Mano. Table scraps, says Mano. No, persuader. And he swings his atomic axe at Chameleon. Evasive people. Yow, shouts Denzel. Hey, leave the sideburns, will you? And Cat's Paw leaps in and rips the persuader's chest, trying to hurt my pretty boys. And the persuader is thrown back into Mano, who crashes against a control panel. Watch it, you clumsy dunce. And the cell doors open, and all the prisoners come out because Mano's destroyed the controls. And there is chaos and confusion in the corridor. And the Persuader and Mano take this chance to slink off whilst Cam says, Blast it. By the time we mop up these stiffs, and Catspaw goes, Axe and hand will be gone. Yeah, the, the guy in the first cell they let loose, that's Magpie from the Tales of the Legion story. Oh, cool. Mm. Meanwhile, on the other side of the tracks, Pharaoh comes flying out of the club through a window. Ooh, boy, that babe is hot. But I guess we can't hog all, our, all the fun for ourselves. Yo, Satin Girl, Pharaoh here. Better trace this signal and join us. What's going on? Well, your boyfriend's getting his butt reupholstered. <laughs> <By the way, laughs> We're at the Purgatory Club. Hello. <laughs> The, uh, the the key, the sign for Keating Ale behind Pharaoh in panel two there mm -hmm. is a uh, is a reference to their late friend Keating Dugarm, who had a rather famous fondness for beer. Oh, there you go. That's neat. Inside, 
Inside the club, the Emerald Empress is laying havoc. Smug legionnaires, you think you can just kick people around, kill their dreams, crush their hearts? Heads up, Inferno, shouts Pharaoh as he comes back in. Lady, I don't know what your problem is, says Inferno as he kawooshes the um, bit of furniture that the Emerald Empress has thrown at him. But I got the solution right here. Slagger, Inferno, shouts Livewire helpfully. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ultra Boy says, forget her. It's the eye that's whipping us. Get the eye. And he corrects the Emerald Eye and it splooms all over the place. Okay, so we have to say this, though. We have to say this, right? Ultra Boy is smarter than Livewire in Inferno. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. See, see, they're hotheads. Joe is... uh... The bar has been raised in this uh, series, kids. (laughs) And, And why does Livewire tell Inferno to slag her when he is quite capable of hurling lightning belts to slag her himself. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, or is that just the setup for Joe? I think, he's, I, think, yeah. I think he's just cheering him on since she's already in the process of slagging her. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he, he crushed uh, and everything. So <laughs> he did. Uh, the Emerald Empress does not take the attack on the eye very well. What have you done? And Livewire punches her in the face. What we should have done a long time ago, smacked you right back into your kennel. And there's another painful reference. Wow. Yeah. yeah take a, that's, that, mm. that, take a drink for Livewire being a dick. Yeah. yeah. And Satin Girl and Alchemist arrive on the scene. What are you doing, Garth? Hey. It's not like she didn't ask for it. I mean, you should have seen her before you boys scragged the eye. Idiot. Wow. That, that first line sentence. is is right out of the wife beater's manual. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the Emerald Empress is not down for the count. Idiot. The eye has been damaged, but not all its power has left me yet. I've still got enough to dispense a little justice permanent justice and she unleashes a big green bolt of energy right into Livewire's chest Garth screams Imra sacred rings I'm not picking up any thoughts she's killed him easy satin girl easy says alchemist let you boy and pharaoh handle it you're too upset to help right now oh lords Jan he can't be dead and meanwhile something on the floor of the club is pulling itself together Pharaoh's doing first aid. I've got a heartbeat. He's got a heartbeat again, Imra. I think he's going to make it, shouts Joe. Um, but the the eyes hold on Sarah seems to be failing. Satin girl? Satin girl, please help me. It's the eye. It's making me do these things. Join with my mind, Satin girl. Help me fight it. But please, while the eye is still recovering. And the eyes about... Two-thirds of the way recovered. Uh, you, says Satin Girl as she joins minds. You're the girl, the applicant, Garth insulted. No, you're Sarah. No, I am not Sarah. She was a victim. Sarah, keep fighting it, says Imra. Don't give in to it now. It's too late, Satin Girl, 
says the Emerald Empress with the eye behind her. You hesitated. Your mind was clouded. And now Sarah is dead. Long live the Emerald Empress. No, no, says Alchemist. I won't let you have, I won't let the eye have Sarah. Inertron, says the Empress. You expect to thwart the eye by wrapping me in inertron? Oh, Alchemist, you are so tentative and gentle, so afraid of injuring this body. Slow, slow to exert your powers. Too slow. What the? She's teleporting. Teleported, she says as they're outside the dome. And the Emerald Empress and the Eye fly off through space. But it's okay, guys. You'll get another shot at me soon enough. You don't cross the Empress and get off this easily. Mm. Below, in the remains of Club Purgatory, we have Inferno, Pharaoh, Livewire, Ultra Boy, Satin Girl and Alchemist. Don't worry about her, Satin Girl. We'll track her down, says Inferno. Um, I know, I know. What about Garth, says Imra? He's coming to now, says Ultra Boy. Cough, cough, says Garth. Garth, oh my lords, are you all right? Cough, I I feel like somebody's been playing smackball with my head. <laughs> just, just take it easy. You're going to be okay, says Imra. And that's all that matters, all that I care about. Imra, Imra, I know we've been having problems lately. I mean... You still love me, don't you? Oh, Garth, of course I do. When I thought you were dead, I realised I couldn't go on without you. I need you, Garth. And they embrace. And it seems like the other Legionnaires have uh, turned their backs to give them a moment of Mm -hmm. privacy. Same here, sweetie, says Livewire. Same here. So I guess Livewire won't have us tipped with her in the future and go out and pick up strange dames in bars. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out learned. so well from this time. Yeah, so. yeah maybe at least not for another lessons. issue. Yeah, yeah, at least for one more issue, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, on an asteroid beyond Mars, a ship is landing. Here, we're landing here. They'll track us in a second. Quit your shaking, Mano. This place is cloaked. Macaulay knows what he's doing. That. I have never been convinced of, says Mano, as he and the Persuader make their way down a corridor. Ever the sceptic, eh, Mano? Well, <laughs> perhaps this will change your mind. Who? And we have Mordecai with Macaulay in the front of him. What is that supposed to be? That gentleman is your new associate says Macaulay. Mordecai, sensitive, articulate, and (laughs) strong enough to snap the two of you like kindling. Don't bet on it, Macaulay. I am not a gambling man, Persuader, which is why I've chosen to (laughs) fill out your little team to add someone who can counterbalance the grotesquerie assembled here. Ingeria Olav, the new Emerald Empress, who does not seem to be the Emerald Empress we have previously seen. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Ready to get rowdy? She says. Wow. Well, the, the Emerald Eye. How did you get hold of the Emerald Eye, Macaulay? I get what I want, Mano. Well, I see what I want. Sorry, big guy. 
says Injuria Ola, my heart belongs to Daddy. Oh my God! <laughs> ah, they're role playing in public. Ah. So now we got now we got four out of the Fatal Five, or or the new Fatal Five. Uh, Macaulay goes on. You'll keep your microbe-infested claws off, Miss Olav Persuader, unless you'd like them amputated. You never learn, new one. And now, if you'll all accompany me, we've yet to make up your little group of fivesome. And they move down a corridor. A condition I intend to remedy. And Persuader go, uh, Manor goes, oh, Lord. Gentlemen, your field commander, the leader of the new Fatal Five, Tharok. And we see Tharok in some sort of healing chamber, perhaps. He does not look a happy chappy either. <laughs> got things all coming out of both his flesh side and his robot side. He's got things that are going out of his robot side, going into his flesh side. It, it, it all looks very grim. And next issue... And then there were five. So back before we go on, back one page at the bottom left-hand corner, uh, we walk down a corridor with some statues. Oh, which, take a uh, Yes. yes. Um, but I only recognize one of the four creatures as statues there. Remember, Macaulay has taken the eye and turned some people into statues. That's Shagrek on the lower right, but does anybody recognize the other three? I don't. Ooh. Um, not off the top of my head, yeah, no. Shagrak was the one I had. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah. And then does anybody remember when the last time we saw Therok was? Well, it's been a hot minute, hasn't it? Because the Darkman saga was um, before Re Reflecto, wasn't it? Yep. So uh, Therok disappeared while confronting the Dark Man back in uh, Volume 2, number 271, back in January 1981, although he somehow appeared in the monitor tapes in Crisis on Infinite Earths number 10, that, uh, that, that penciled story that was at the bottom of that mm -hmm. issue. Um, well, I but, mean, Crisis, they, they pluck people out of time. So. Right, so, so that's an easy explanation. So basically, we have not seen Therok in uh, in ten year, twelve years of um, uh, of comic or of of real time. Yeah. From nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I think he was in LSH three hundred in one of the uh, alternate futures, but I don't. Right, I but not count the, that. Yeah. Yeah, not the quote unquote real mm -hmm. Therok. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So now we have two Emerald Empresses. What are we going to do? Um, well, one I, is plenty, don't you think? Well, Paul, have you gotten to the point in your LEGION cast yet where we have both Emerald Eyes or two Emerald Eyes? No. No. I know it happens at some point. Yep, it does. The Bex. The Bex get two Yeah, Garen, Garen gets one and Mary Jane gets one. Um, oh, sorry. S spoiler alert. Um, for the for, for the LGI on one maybe. Well, for the for those who are listening to the other podcast, yeah, that when does the, there weren't two eyes? 
Um, I, I thought, thought they the, were. I no. thought the two eyes thing got introduced in no. 52. Yeah, he had the eye, and then it went to her. Oh, but then, yeah. I thought they. I thought they each had one. No. Or no, am no, I? No. Or am I mixing up with fifty two? I. Yeah, well, I think that's what. I think that's what's happening. Because yeah. I mean, it would make sense yeah. that there are two emerald eyes of Ekron because you assume Ekron had two eyes. Uh, right. Right. But, but what if Ekron had a hundred eyes? You know. Ooh. As opposed to being a humanoid standard, he yeah. was like. You know, a crazy alien construction of some sort. But yeah, so Beck you know, had that the, door's open for expansion. I think because <laughs> that all that all goes uh, unless unless the eyes come back. But I don't recall that happening um, because where we are now, the eye is gone. Um, mm. It, it kind of got bored of them, and um, <laughs> well, they were bickering all the oh, time. Oh God, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's already given uh, Mary Jane her makeover, which um, is uh, suiting her well uh, with uh, Captain Comet, and um, <laughs> that four lobed mutant. Yes, anyway. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, or, or or as we like to call him on the show, Captain Squarejaw. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, so, leave Captain Comet alone. He got kicked in the nuts by another one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Captain Comet is a great character invented to fight the secret society of supervillains because no one wanted the Justice League in every issue of that book because then they would have to be competent yeah. at controlling the the supervillains now so. in, in his defense but, he'd been around for 20 years before that <laughs> I, I, I know i know but yeah. that's his modern rehash right yeah At least basically back in the 70s right well it, it, you but, know and one of the things that we that we noted when he came into it because he actually wasn't supposed to be in the book at all yeah uh they brought him in because the original plan was to have uh adam strange uh join the team but oh, wow. there was another series going on with Adam Strange, so they couldn't use that character. So was they, that Man Between Worlds? Uh, uh, Man of Two Worlds, rather? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. It was whatever came out around ni- around 1990. Um, Ooh, Hawkworld, probably. No, it was an, there was an yeah. Adam Strange miniseries that came uh, out, and it okay. was like yeah, oh, it, was, it, it was Man it was Man of Two Worlds by um, was that the Andy Kubert one? Yes, the Andy Kubert one. Yeah, yeah probably. Okay, or at least I right. assume that's the one. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, he, but he hadn't been, uh, he, when, when we looked at it, he would kind of pop up for a little bit and then you wouldn't see him for ages, except maybe in like uh, a team up in Brave and Bold or DC Comics mm-hmm. Presents and, um, you know, but, but mostly sitting in limbo and, um, <coughs> does he get a talking bulldog yet or is that a, something that comes later. Cause that's what I mostly know him from is from that mystery in space series from the two thousands. I think that's when that started. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Hmm, interesting. That, uh, that anyway. mystery in space thing added a lot to all the space characters. It did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But, um, yeah. So at any rate, there was a, there was a one eye then. And, um, uh, it just happened to gravitate towards two people. And when it moved over to uh, to Mary Jane, um, it kind of had left. Uh, you know, Beck had a bit of residual energy, much like they much like uh, they uh, give her in 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 this story. Um, but um, you know, the it it became increasingly unreliable. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, uh, very very cool. Now you know and and um, you know and and I and actually going back to the uh, live wire thing uh, as Michael was saying, it is the it's one thing for for Garth to be a hothead, but. It's the making him a dick that's. Uh, yeah, it's that's the, the making problem. him a dick that's. Yeah, I, I think I get, the line I get what too you're far. There. It is, uh, yeah. you know, because as a as as a hothead, you know, Levitz had toyed with that as well. Um, remember, if you remember, um, when he uh, finally had that little breakdown, um, mm-hmm. um, gave up the leadership and yeah, got you know, ill. That, there was a yeah. lot of the oh well, it's because of his electrical powers. It was messing with his brain chemistry and blah blah blah, um, and uh, making him uh, making him a bit more impetuous, a bit more hot headed, and um, you know, so that part had kind of been brought in because I mean, let's be real. Before that, uh, Garth was generally like a mayonnaise sandwich on Wonder Bread. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, just you know. Um, but that you know, with with that, they they made him a bit more interesting. But this, yeah, it goes it, it, like you say, Michael. It goes a bit too far with it, and uh, I'm all for him being a hothead. And it get it does get straightened out. Uh, well, yeah, and on. and same with Inferno being a dick. I mean, enough of ragging on this poor girl. Enough. Move on. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like it's well, now it's, got it's the high into data world, really. But it's the high school thing, right? Like, it, it, like you said earlier. I mean, it, it it is. Well, it's junior high behavior, in my opinion. But well, it's yeah. also you're not seeing this girl every day, so why is she still at the forefront of your minds? About remember that dog the other day? It's like it's been like yeah, a yeah, yeah, couple of days. Here. Let it go, guys. Be Elsa, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the. Uh, you know, I think I think they could have, you know, uh, picked one of them to uh, to be a dick. Instead, they decided to do it with both of them. And uh, yeah, and uh, realistically, some boy had more of the track record on that side before. Um, totally. So uh, so yeah, it, it it gets to be a, a little bit much. But I guess you know, of course, he's also going to be a hothead because like his powers are heat based. Yeah, of course, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, I like the uh, the helpful letter column tips. Legionnaires has two ends. <laughs> Point number two: Don't ask KC where his sunshine band is. Legionnaire oh. Legionnaire <laughs> fans should be more clever mm. than this. Thank you. And then That's number the three: Uh huh, uh huh, I like it. Uh-huh, number three: uh-huh. Please, no fish. Uh, word to, number four, word to avoid, clones. All will be explained. Please remain in your seats until the pilot has switched off the seatbelt sign. <laughs> Send in the clones. Number five, please keep letters under 50,000 words. Talking to you, Tia Maple. Yeah. Number six, I don't care how much you whine, letters written on bed sheets are still a major hassle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Num- number seven, hey, stop picking on Tenzel. I'm going to turn this letter column around if you don't behave. And finally, number eight, please submit letter call titles. But remember, socket to shellhead has already been used. (laughs) (laughs) And they also had um, Honorary Legionnaire. Uh, Longtime LSH fan Brian Pierce designed the format for our Guide to the 30th Century pages. 
Brian is also quietly proud of his design for the now landmark Legion of Superheroes number 38 cover. Little bit of stuff uh, we didn't know. In in, in his uh, in his, you have the letters column there. Yeah. Um, Tom in his uh, column mentions there is a he says my favorite letter might be the adult reader um, who loaned his issue to a friend's nine year old. Do you is that one uh, too long to read or is that short? I don't know yet. Give me a second. Um, says no. Oh, here we go. Yes. Dear Editor, Legionnaires number 1 was everything I'd hoped it would be and more. I found myself reading and rereading it, something I haven't wanted to do with a comic for a long time, since the Legion's days and adventure comics, in fact. I think most of us, quote, older, older readers, will have enjoyed this book, uh, but I was curious to see if a younger person, someone who had never encountered the Legion before, would get as much pleasure out of it. So I gave a copy to my friend's nine-year-old son. He watches cartoons on TV but never really read comics. Well, I can tell you, he loved it. He thought the costumes looked great, the action uh, was great fun, and he was desperate to know all about the Legionnaires, their names, powers, and planets of origin, which very much reminded me of my early comics reading experiences. He loved Pharaoh and Ultra Boy and Livewire. So that that puts puts oh on us, oh right? that poor yeah. kid's a dick. No, um, no. But the thing that made me smile was when he went off and started drawing and creating his own legionnaires. That mm. is what the legion does: inspire people. Yep. How many of us have made up our own members? Thank you and well done. This de uh, book is destined to be a great success. And that letter came from Peter Hayward Brewer from Fulham, London, in Great Britain. And I've just been looking it up, and I think Fulham is SW10. Well, that is awesome. <laughs> so to about that one, he said, Tom says, I'd say if there was one thing that I would have most wanted to accomplish th it, with this series, it would be getting people, especially kids, to discover and become big fans of the Legion. So he singled out that one particularly. Yeah, I, well, that makes sense, you know. And it, again, it, it is a fresh start uh, because even – even though we know who the uh, the Fatal Five are, the the team doesn't. Um, so so this is all new to them. And uh, uh, hold on, hold on. We, uh -oh. we still got no. We still have to go into what Tom behind the scenes before sure. we go into history. Huh? I thought <laughs> you were getting ready to go into Legion history. No things that have happened in the past. Of course not. No, that that doesn't happen oh, until cause... after we do all this stuff. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, it's no, 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 fine. That's no, like a long-winded way of saying what was history. Um, no, 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 no. I'm maybe, just, but I'm, maybe if Segway Lad could control his powers instead of using goodness. them all. My goodness. Um, yeah. No. No. It, it's but it but it, it's you know it is a it 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 does put us in a a fresh frame of mind because again, like we say, like the 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 Fatal Five is showing up here, and this is the big thing of the of the first story arc, and. Um, but it's still treated as new. Although people say, where did you get the Emerald Eye? It, you know, and, the, and these characters have clearly been around. You know, the, 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 they're new to the reader and, and new to the team as well. So I think that that's, that, you know, that kind of contributes to that idea of, hey, fresh start, check this out, guys. Uh, and and given that the original plan was, uh, was to do uh, a series which looked at the early days of of the of the rebooted team 
um, you know, probably some of that this stuff stuck around. Anyway, go, please yeah. go on. Yeah. Michael. Oh yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. It was um. Uh, I'm sure that they did a lot of work prepping for the um. You know, for this uh, new look at the at the old Legion yeah. that they were just able to uh, to copy over and say, okay, instead of using it for the old series, we'll just use it as uh, for the new guys. Yeah. Um, let's see. This issue was on sale May 11th, 1993. Uh, Tom says, um, uh, we were fairly heavily edited through these scenes. Um, this is the, the first scene where... Um, uh, where Livewire and Inferno and Invisible Kid get into the, the scuffle. The tussle, um, yeah. the tussle yes. Um, so uh, they're tearing through the halls of Legionnaire's headquarters on laser blades when they round a corner and crash into the invulnerable anatomy of lovely Andromeda. Yeah. Inferno makes a suggestive crack and bystander Invisible Kid lets the frat guys know he doesn't approve of their boorish behavior towards Laurel and females in general. From there, it doesn't take long for things to escalate into a brawl between iKid and Livewire. We were heavily edited through these scenes, and to my ear, it reads like it, with less of a natural flow than I'd have liked. I think our editor was being pressured by people who thought our dialogue didn't sound enough like kids and wasn't going to grab teen readers by reflecting their way of communicating. And so now we insert uh, that picture of uh, Steve Buscemi saying, uh, welcome, fellow teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like? Put a, get a good Bob Haney Teen Titans panel in there. Hey, daddy-o. <laughs> uh, I humbly think we've got a pretty, ear, a pretty good ear for dialogue, whether it be for teens or otherwise, and suspect the perceived problem had more to do with our determination to do a more timeless teen dialogue rather than dialogue that sounded very 1990s. Some people love comics that are very tied to fads of their era, but I vastly prefer comics that age well, especially when they're trying to make the reader believe they're seeing a story from a completely different culture a thousand years in the future. Yeah. And so I guess that explains uh, Livewire's um, backwards cap and hoodie. Yeah. And... And uh, the, the costume choices in general. <laughs> there, there, and there was something in the last issue that we kind of were, were like, wow, that is very much a. Uh, um, a 90s thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and thrust from the Timberwolf miniseries. Oh, choices were made. Yep. Although, although to be fair, the, the beer bombs didn't do that one. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. The closing scene shows Persuader landing a craft on an asteroid beyond Mars where he and Mano are met by Lilo Macaulay IV, who introduces the cutthroat pair to Mordecai, the sewer monster who was mysteriously transported away last issue. They're all introduced to a new Emerald Empress, strangely not the one we saw earlier in this issue, but one who calls herself Ingria Ole. Uh, how she relates to Sira is left as a mystery at this point. And the biggest surprise of all to fill out the five, it's the return of Therok, the half-man, half-robot who'd been zapped out of this universe many years earlier. And with that revelation, we wrap up Legionnaires number four. All told, another issue with a lot going on, tons of action, and some real opportunities to show the individual personalities of the heroes and villains. 
The art continues to amaze with Chris's brilliant pencils, wonderfully realized by Carl Story's inks and Tom McCraw's colors, with Pat Brousseau continuing to go above and beyond the Call of Duty and handling all the lettering challenges we threw his way. I'd forgotten a couple of in-jokes references in the background of this issue. Chris drew Keith Giffen plain as day into one of the purgatory backgrounds, complete with a G patch on his sleeve. And the, uh, the background sign for Keating Ale, which I, uh, I read. Um, um, uh, I'm not sure I read the letter column back then in real time, but enjoyed reading it now, since included a lot of very kind letters about Legionnaires number one, including the one that you read. And that's it from Tom. This, uh, this week he talks uh, more about uh, just a recap of the issue, and I want to get to the, I like the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff better yeah yeah we we just did we just recapped the issue so <laughs> yeah, which is why exactly. i skipped the rest yeah. of it yeah no that makes sense <laughs> we have one job on this ship yeah exactly right <laughs> and um yeah the the uh the whole empress thing is is kind of interesting i i think the just the this idea of of um you know we we just saw one character and now it's someone different what's that all about and i i don't remember. I honestly don't same, know who same. this who I, I the second same. one is. I've been making well, a point of not reading ahead. She likes daddy. Yeah, well, she's a fan of the daddy. So uh, well, but I don't know. Did did daddy need the same thing in 1993? Yes. Oh, okay. That's been a thing since uh, Betty Page in the 1950s, probably longer. But uh, that's that's kind of when that entered the zeitgeist. Is ooh, daddy? You know, to your. Uh, male lover um yeah that's a thing <laughs> okay i'll take your word for it yeah you probably should <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't find out all about these things until i got on the internet in 1996 so oh goodness <laughs> my, <laughs> sweet, my sweet I, summer child <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man well you know as we talk about these things, uh, I'm reminded that that is a long time ago. Um, there we go. Takes us <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, as we think about things that happened in our own histories, we have to wonder, what happened this week in Legion history, Michael? Well, um, 60 years ago, uh, March 30th, 1961, Action Comics number 276, Supergirl's Three Super Girlfriends, which was the sixth appearance of the Legion. Uh, first appearance of Phantom Girl, Triplicate Girl, Shrinking Violet, Sun Boy, Bouncing Boy, and Brainiac 5. And as I read that, I should have rephrased that as they stumped the subs. Oh, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, so in this story, Imra, Tinya, and Luorno come back to the 20th century to cheer up Supergirl and invite her back invite her to join the Legion. Uh, Brainiac 5 asks her to stay and be his girlfriend, but she declines because she has to get back to her own time, uh, never mind how time travel works. Uh, Brainiac 5 gets over it, and he never builds a sex robot of her later. Never, ever. And, and you'd have to go all the way back to uh, episode three of this podcast when they covered that one. Oh, my. Yes, that is a long time ago. That, that, ago, that yeah. and like six other issues, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just were about like eight pages yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's see. Back in uh, issue three or episode three, 
you covered Superboy number 86, which was Chameleon Boy makes a, uh, a cameo appearance helping Superboy. Adventure nice. 282, which was the star intro Starboy. And then this one. So that was three, three stories in one episode. Oh, my goodness. Madness. Uh, October 2008. Oof. Uh, 55 years ago, 1966. <laughs> 55 years ago, 1966, Adventure Comics 344. The Legionnaires are captured and sent to the Super Stalag of Space. And that was episode 49. Ooh. 30 years ago, 1991, Action Comics number 665. Uh, the Legion appears only in flashback uh, when the time and time again arc wraps up and the next storyline starts. And we covered that in episode 580. Uh, 20 even years ago. A, even that was a long time ago. <laughs> what, like, you, like, it's like 70 weeks ago. <laughs> Telling you, Paul, we're getting too old for this. I know. <laughs> uh, and then, um, oops, lost my place. Uh, Twenty years ago, March two thousand one, Superboy's Legion number two, uh, which was an Elseworld story in which Cal El did not arrive on Earth until the thirtieth century, whereas he is adopted by R.J. Brand, and in the story, Superboy's Legion saves the day, protecting the planet of Kolu from Lex Luthor and the Fatal Five. And this is on our to-do list. Yes, yes it is. Uh, let's see, 970 years from now, in the five-year-later timeline, uh, Tinyawazo and Joe Na announced their engagement. The wedding is scheduled for June 9th on Deltuan. And that was from the text page of Legion Volume 4, Number 2, which was covered in both episodes 62 and 551. And that is what was going to have been 970 years from now. <laughs> My mind just like twisted around trying to parse that sentence. Excellent. It Excellent. will have been going to have been. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Thank you. <laughs> uh, somewhere every English teacher is just circling their uh, coffins currently. Yeah, it's like what 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 verb tense is that? Um, <laughs> all right then, folks. So comments as always can be sent to us at Legion Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. Uh, we are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. In addition to that, you can head over to our Facebook group and join in the conversation there, facebook.com slash Legion of Substitute Podcasters, or easier, uh, facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. Uh, we also, um, did I mention we're on the Twitter? We are LOSP you Podcast. You did not. Oh, there you go. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we thank Derek from joining for joining us from the future. And we're so going to, uh, to catch up with him again in the future next week as we make our way into the time bubble to travel to next week to do exactly that. Um, and we will see you all again next week. The moral of the story, kids, is it's better to eat a dick than be a dick. <laughs>